And hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Austin, and welcome to my studio in work, I guess. It's going to eventually be my full studio, I've gotten some things um, done in here. But yes, welcome to my studio recording of A Careless Whisper, sorry about that, episode 3. We have a very, very exciting episode planned for today, including horror movie review, uh, an amazing indie punk band that I love and I think deserves more recognition, and the first year of main event. So stay tuned, guys, because I think this is going to be an amazing episode. So we're going to get right into this. Episode 3, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited. Just let me have a quick drink of my peppermint tea. Usually I'm drinking coffee on here the last two episodes. I had coffee, but tea seems more um, suitable for 11.30 at night. So, like I said in the intro, we have a huge, <clears throat> a massive episode planned today. Um, we finally are going to be getting under main event. You know, I was going to originally do videos uh, on my channel, my YouTube channel, The German Gamer. But I decided to not do that, and instead on here on the podcast, I will be doing it on here, reviewing each and every match from main event from 2012 all the way to 2020 and moving forward. <clears throat> uh, moving forward uh, entails in main event episodes that are still being posted, because believe it or not, they're still doing main event to this day. Just not as often, so whenever they do new, do a new episode, I will watch it and review it, so... It's going to be lots of fun. I have finished all main events, so well, I think I'm behind on two new episodes now. <clears throat> but other than that, I'm all caught up. I've watched 2012 to 2020. It's It's been a ride. Bumpy ride. Some really good matches. Some really bad matches. So uh, it's It's been an adventure. I'm quite excited for that, but we'll get on to that later. Because, if you guys know, I usually like to focus on wrestling last. So, if you guys like that kind of shit, wrestling, of course, being that shit, tune in to the end of my podcast. I'm also going to be trying something in this episode where I kind of do each individual topic uh, separately. So, you can actually find the topic that you're interested in the most. Go to that topic and listen to that uh, topic. So, feel free to do that. Uh, just kind of something I want to try for episode three. If it works in my favor, um, I'm going to continue doing it. Obviously, that can only be done on Anchor, though, where I do record uh, the podcast, of course, Anchor.fm. Um, if you're listening to Spotify, Deezer, or anywhere else that supports podcast uploads, I don't think you'll be able to do that. But if you're listening on here on Anchor, you can uh, actually um, pick individual segments from the podcast to listen to so yeah and this part is going to be probably the shortest part on the thing i think <clears throat> that of course being um the song of the day ladies and gentlemen very excited song of the day like i mentioned the being is a amazing 
indie punk band. Uh, I've been listening to, listening to them for a long time, and honestly, I should have put them first, but Nana Grisel was uh, currently on my mind on episode one, because I was listening to a bunch of their music, so I had, 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 had to mention them first, because I was just jamming to a bunch of their music right before that podcast, and I haven't really listened to Pigeon Pit in a bit, but I just started uh, listening to them again, and fell right back in love with them. I don't think I ever think I fell out of love with them. <clears throat> so yes, very excited with that. So yes, this band, like I just probably mentioned, I think I said it when I was talking, is of course Pigeon Pit. Not Passion Pit, guys, do not get this band confused with Passion Pit. Passion Pit's a great band as well, but this is Pigeon Pit. Uh, Pigeon Pit, um, <clears throat> like I said, is an indie punk band formed in Olympia, Washington. Now, I could not find an exact date anywhere of where the band formed or who formed it, but by my assumption, I'm guessing the band was formed either in 2013 or 2014. I have no idea, unfortunately. I could not find that info anywhere. I even went on their band camp, and unfortunately, it's not even there. However, it does say Olympia, Washington, so <clears throat> that's where I'm guessing the band was formed. Um, Pigeon Pit currently has three amazing albums out they haven't posted an album out in a couple years now uh, i don't even know if they're still an active band but uh they're a great band and they have uh, a good selection of songs you for you to choose from and three great albums including their debut 2014 album i've got your back if you got mine uh, which has amazing songs like wichita nights like these another per personal favorite i was actually going to put it on the song of the day Decide not to, and Freak Me Out. <clears throat> then you have their 2015 album, Shut In, which has the cigarette song, No Breaks, and DIY, and has the song of the day, because I, for some reason, didn't even fucking mention it, uh, Eat Your Heart Out. Um, this is basically them um, parodying or covering a Kimia Dawson song. Kimia Dawson, if you guys don't know who she is, I can guarantee you she'll be on the song of the day eventually. I love all of her music. She'll eventually be on a song of the day, and I'll explain more into her, but she's a great uh, punkish folk singer, uh, folk punk kind of thing. She's amazing, but basically they kind of cover her song uh, in a funny way, kind of. So uh, I love Pigeon Pit's humor in this song, and uh, as someone who does like comedy, I don't just like horror things. I do like comedy as well. Uh, the song tickled my fancy, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, and their final album that they posted in 2017, Treehouse, with uh, Peach, another one of their favorite songs of mine, uh, Takeout, and Hot Knives. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's three amazing albums. Go check them out on Spotify. Go check out their Bandcamp, uh, because their 2014 album actually is not even on Spotify. Um, they only have Shut In and Treehouse on there, but I've Got Your Back If You Got Mine is on their Bandcamp. And, of course, you can go on their the website and listen to their music for free on Bandcamp. So, why not? Not, not, not like, gotta pay for anything. So, <clears throat> that's okay. Mighty fine. But, yeah, that was the song of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Eat Your Heart Out, Kimya Dawson by Pigeon Pit. And after the song of the day now, we stroll right into some horror. So... Strap yourself in. 
and get ready for a great ride because we're going to be reviewing a movie today. Quite controversial. At least the original. A Wes Craven classic. 1974, I believe, was the original one. We're not going to be reviewing the original one. Uh, you know, it gained lots and lots of criticism. Banned, I think, in the UK. That, of course, being The Last House on the Left. So, like I said, we're not going to be re uh, reviewing the original 1974 one, which is a masterpiece of a film, by the way. Go check it out. <clears throat> We're going to be checking out uh, and reviewing the 2009 remake. This one was received... Eh, was just, you know what? It wasn't received terribly. Honestly, I don't think it was received that poorly. It got a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. <clears throat> 42% on Rotten Tomatoes, 42% on Metacritic, but the thing about it is 87% people like the film on Google users, and it was well received by people, it did pretty good in the box office, it did alright, so, <clears throat> I don't know, you know, don't always believe uh, film review things but uh yeah this movie is a very controversial one i do not recommend it if you are easily uh if if you've had bad past experiences with uh certain things as of things i don't want to even really mention um but basically if you've had bad past experiences or you are easily triggered by um disturbing things very disturbing acts of human nature <clears throat> then please do not watch this movie i would not want to uh you know have you guys go through any ptsd or mental trauma due to a past occurrence that's happened to you so if that has happened or something easily triggered by something please do not watch this movie it's not for the faint of heart for those particular reasons Now on to the movie. Um, this movie is about a girl, Mari, played by the lovely Sarah Paxton. As she goes up with her mother, Emma, played by Monica Pard uh, Monica Pot Goddamn. <laughs> Monica Potter, thank you. And her father John, played by the ever so ageless Tony Goldwyn. Uh, they go up to their lake house out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And <clears throat> you can tell right away these two are, these three, I guess, are loaded. They got this beautiful house. And then they also have a guest, big, big guest house as well. Uh, that's not how the movie starts. So the movie actually starts with uh, two cops by the name of Giles and Morton. Uh, Giles being played by Joshua Cox. Morton being played by Michael Bowen. Uh, and they are transferring a prisoner. We're going to get into him in a minute. Uh, but anyways, the cop squad car gets ran off the road. And then um, basically two people hop out the van that ran to the into the, the squad car. <clears throat> and they just brutally murder Giles and Morton. Um, 
these three people end up being, well, the person in the back of the squad car that was being arrested was Krug Stillo, played by a man who just kills this role, I believe. I think he was made for this role of creepy fucking god leader of, like, criminal organization, but not really, just a criminal group of thugs. Garrett Dillahunt. Uh, his lover girl, his mistress, Sadie, played by the love, lovely Ricky Lindholm. And, of course, <clears throat> um, the other guy who is actually the brother of Krug, uh, Francis, or no one later on, Uncle Frank, played by the amazing Aaron Paul. And he looks so good in this movie um, for being a sadistic rapist psychopath. He looks kind of cool in the movie. Um, <clears throat> so there's two other characters that are yet to be introduced, but they get introduced very soon. Um, Mary, um, Mari, I think it's Mari, Mari um, <clears throat> is talking to her mom, saying she wants to go see her friend that, I guess, lives up in this area. Her friend, Paige. And eventually her mother lets her take the car uh, with some convincing to go see Paige at her work. I think she works at some gas station convenience store. So Mari goes. Mari takes the car. They let her the parents are going to have a romantic dinner at Candlelight, which they do for a brief time. I don't know, guys. I have... Sorry, guys. I have something stuck in my throat. I don't know what the hell's going on. <clears throat> anyway, so Mari eventually meets up with Paige, who's played by the wonderful Martha McIsaac. Uh, she may be Paige in this movie, but to me, she'll always be Becca from Superbad. My favorite comedy movie of all time. Probably the first R-rated comedy I've ever seen in my entire life. When I was, well, the first one I've ever seen. I remember I had Superbad on DVD. And I was like... The movie that, like, oh, this is bad. Because I'm like, I'm eight years old and I'm watching this movie. And I think I watched Superbad... Probably every single night for like four or five months straight because I had it on a burnt CD. So, yeah, I watched it about every night for four or five months until I eventually got sick of it. So, yeah, that's just that's Becca to me, but her page in this movie. And um, <clears throat> they're talking, whatever. She eventually convinces Mari to come to her place and stay the night. Calls her mom, says she's staying the night. Hangs up. Yada yada. Her mom, mom, mom isn't really cool with it, but father, John, he's like, just let her stay. We can have the house to ourselves. John and Emma are about to go to Funky Town. <clears throat> Meanwhile, in the store, uh, Paige starts conversing to Mari about some weed. And there's someone in the house in the store in the back, kind of stealing, being a little shit. Uh, we later learn that this man name man's name is Justin, played by Spencer Treat Clark. He comes up to uh, to Paige and Mari and uh, wants to buy some smokes, but Paige is like, "Motherfucker, you're not of age, you know." And then he's basically like, "Oh, uh, if you you know you do this for me, you give me these smokes, 
I can get you some grade A killer weed that I have. Paige is like, okay, man. Gives him the smokes. And they go to Justin's hotel room. They start smoking. There's a little montage. Of, you know, Justin's got like this hoodie on. He's got a real emo kid vibe. And um, <clears throat> he's kind of weird, kind of a little bit. But Mari and, uh, Mari and Paige lighten him up and then, uh, you know, take him out of his emo sweater and put him in this Hawaiian shirt. That's not his. He says it's his uncle's, by the way. <clears throat> um, and they dress him up in this Hawaiian shirt, having a little bit of fun. And then all of a sudden, boom, the door fucking slams shut. Who is it other than Justin's daddy? Crookstillo. Yep, that fucking guy. That was in the back of that cop car who got broken out and they just ruthlessly killed two two cops without any mercy at all. Oh, they're out. Oh, fuck. Not good. That's what I was thinking. That's the first thing I was thinking. I was like, oh, damn. Um, <clears throat> the one thing that kind of cracked me up was as soon as they got in the room, Sadie just immediately takes off her shirt, lets her fucking titties fly out. I say fly out since she got, she got mosquito bites, but... You know, just all of a sudden, she just rips her shirt off so she could change immediately. Like, without even hesitation. She doesn't even really, like, pay attention to the the two strangers in the room. She just flips her shirt off with her titties out. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, Uncle Frank, who's just acting real weird, putting his arms around, uh, around Mari and Paige, just being fucking a creeper. He's fucking so weird in this whole movie. They get to some conversing, and then all of a sudden, it's... It's it's just tense, and then all of a sudden it gets some tense to, well, uh, y'all fucked <laughs> because uh, Krug says they can't leave because they found out that he was a criminal that escaped, and he's like, well, now you guys can't fucking leave. That's just how it is. You guys just uh, you guys you can't leave now. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, not looking good for them. <clears throat> Paige tries to fucking dart. Uh, she darts to the bathroom, <clears throat> or she tries to unlock, she locks the door, tries to go out through the bathroom window, and it's too small, you know, couldn't fit through there, Becca. Um, she tries knocking on the window, getting help, as there's a squad car coming through, but squad car drives away, Paige, not working. Um, Francis breaks through the door, grabs onto Paige, Paige got some fight though, smacks his head right into the fucking... Francis takes a fucking, okay, Francis takes a fucking beating in this movie, he's like, uh, Marv in fucking Home Alone, basically, like, he's the one that always gets the the worst of the everything, Francis gets his fucking head smacked off the fucking sink, <clears throat> brutal, but, um, eventually, gets really bad for Paige, she gets knocked down, they come into the room, and then Krug's like, well, we're going on a road trip, do you boys like Mexico? <laughs> no, he doesn't actually say do you guys like Mexico. Uh, if you guys know what that movie's from, uh, props to you. You get absolutely nothing, but props to you for knowing the reference. So, good, good on you there. Um, uh, <clears throat> crew gets the car keys of Mari, and they steal the car, but they bring Mari and uh, Paige along. Again, a little bit of an argument. They continue going on a little nice little nice little scenic car ride. Um, kind of get to learn a little bit more about Krug and 
Justin's relationship. It's very tense. Justin's not okay. Uh, I forgot to mention this. Justin's not okay with this at all. He's literally like, just let them go. Like, he's baggy. He's like, I didn't know you guys were going to be here. And he, like, looks at Mari and uh, Paige and he's like, I didn't know they were coming. I didn't know they were going to be back. I thought they were going to be gone for longer. Justin is helpless in this because he's terrified of these three fucking people. He's probably definitely a guy that really wanted to see Krug, his father, go to prison. For sure. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they're in the car. Uh, Krug and um, Justin are in the front seats. Paige and Mari are kind of crunched in the middle. Um, with Sadie and Francis on either side. On the end by the doors. <clears throat> and they just keep going down. And we get some interactions. And Sadie's... Sadie's is fucking weird. She's a weird bitch. You fucking weirdo. Um, eventually, uh, Francis and crew get into a tiny little argument about where the highway is. And Mari knowing the area and knowing that there, she's really close to her to her house, her vacation house. Uh, there's either right or left turn. Right goes to the highway. Left goes to her house. Mari knows that. They don't. Uh, Mari kind of butts in and she's like, left. Like, I know this area. I've grown up in this area my whole life. Uh, left to the highway. Just over the mountains. <clears throat> okay. Krug's like, thank you. Like, thanks. And then Sadie gets all weird. She's like, I think we should keep her. Fucking creepy ass fucking bitch. She is. She's a fucking, damn. It just uh, She just seems like she's on coke 24-7 in this movie. Um... However, during this, <clears throat> Mari starts looking down at the, the car lighter. Or the car, whatever, car lighter. Car light. And just keeps looking, keeps looking. Eventually, when they're talking, she presses it with her foot. She starts slowly getting it out with her foot. Takes it out and just fucking burns Sadie right in the face with the fucking thing. Burns her plant fucking in her forehead. <clears throat> They start scuffling. They start scuffling. It's a big old fucking scuffle. Krug loses control of the car. I think he gets like kicked in the back of the head or something. And like looks up, loses control. Crash, crash, fucking plant, fucking nosedive into the tree. Everyone's done fucked up. I mean, Justin, I think, got out the least worst. Krug is not looking the best. Well, actually, he's not looking too bad at all. He's kind of fine, actually. Um... Paige crawls over, um, oh no, I think it's, Mari crawls over, Sadie gets out, uh, Sadie tries grabbing her, but she gets a kick to her fucking face for good luck, uh, Paige gets out around the other side, <clears throat> uh, Francis, uh, with the usual tone of the movie, took the worst of all the impact, uh, his face is fucked, his nose is basically hanging on. He is fucked up. He is, he is not, and he's worse for wear right now. Um, you know, Paige and Mari try to make an escape for it. They both get fucking grabbed. They get noped. No way, Jose. They start talking. Krug's fucking pissed. He's mad. He, he's real mad. Uh, 
He is not a very happy camper. At all. Eventually, Paige gets up, though. She manages to escape. I think she's, like, with Francis or something. No, no, no. She's with Sadie. She, like, punches Sadie or something and then fucking runs off. She gets quite far. Uh, Sadie and Francis go on chase. She gets pretty far until she gets to this lumber yard. Uh, she fucks up her ankle at some point, too. Paige does. She twists her ankle. So she's hurt. Uh, she goes to the lumber yard. <clears throat> There ain't much there, but there is actually something there. Uh, Francis with a gun, uh, about to shoot. Paige, Paige kind of bags. What does she get for that? Sadie's boot right to her fucking face, knocking her out. Paige is brought back to this fiasco. And uh, warning, guys, this is where it starts getting really fucking terrible. Um, really bad. <clears throat> Um, so here we go. They strip Paige, uh, like, just her top, just to her, like, bra. She has a bra on. And they take off her pants. And then they go over to Mari, and they start taking off her... Oh, no, they don't take off her clothes yet. Yet. <clears throat> Krug looks down at Justin. He's like, are you ready? Justin's like, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, he's, he's in a state right now. He is not, like, he's, like, he's upset. You can tell he's been crying. He's like, what? And Krug's like, today you're going to become a man, boy. And fucking grabs his hand, forces him over to Mari, forces him to touch her breast and touch her vagina. And uh, he kind of like, he gets a, his grip away from Krug, his bastard of a father. And he kind of dips back to his little tree stump and just doesn't look. He's like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to do this shit. Uh, and then Uncle Frank, good old Uncle Frank, being the good sport he is, uh, sits beside, uh, Justin makes him watch as, uh, the next events unfold, because it just gets real bad. Um, Krug starts stripping, Mari strips her completely of her, her um, of her bra and shirt, her pants, uh, Mari starts begging for her life, and then Paige speaks up. Calls Krug like a fucking bitch or like a fucking coward. Oh, Paige also has her hands tied with her own shirt. Forgot to mention that. Um, Krug's like, wow, you you don't got some nerve now. Walks over to Paige. Grabs her by her, lifts her to her feet. And uh, this is uh, just pretty terrible. Paige is like, what are you going to do? Hit me again? And uh, nope. He doesn't. He fucking stabs her repeatedly in the abdomen, brings her over to Mari, basically throws her right in front of Mari, and Mari has to watch in desperation as Paige bleeds out and dies. Becca, man. Becca. Damn. Um, but things, I, I'm just trying to keep a very serious tone because things get really bad um, from here on. Uh, Mari... She gets raped uh, by Krug. Brutally. Uh, it's not, not pretty. And uh, they don't, like, fade to black or anything for it. No. They they stay on it for an uncomfortably long amount of time. At least two and a half minutes. <clears throat> it's very uncomfortable. 
Very unsettling. Not pleasant to watch. I had trouble watching it. And I've seen I Spit on Your Grave. Uh, which I think is ten times worse than this. Uh, than this, actually. Uh, Spit on Your Grave is a whole other subject we'll probably cover in a different episode. Because that's a movie I should be talking about, too. Uh -huh. But yeah, so basically, she gets raped. Uh, and they just kind of leave her there. And they just start conversing. And Mari's a fucking trooper because she gets up slowly. Like, she starts working her way up after they just leave her be. Probably to kill her, you know, unfortunately. But, little did they know, Mari on the other side of her, and her hand, is a large rock. What are they going to do with that? Mari starts, like, uh, mumbling something. Sadie and crew get closer so they can try to understand what she says. And then, fucking whack! Fucking Mari just blasts! Krug over the head with the rock. like That, was, and it was, that wasn't no block shot. That was a fucking shoot shot right across the fucking head. And she bullets out of there. Justin gets left behind as the three assholes <clears throat> uh, chase Mari with a gun. Uh, Mari, though, and I don't... I, I, see, I did this last time. I forget big plot holes. Mari, uh, early in the movie, we learn it's like a championship swimmer. She's a really good swimmer. She can hold her breath underwater for a long time. And she can swim super fucking fast. And that's what she does. She heads to the lake. Yeah. And Krug pulls out a pistol. Mari starts fucking darting it across the water. Krug has a fucking shoot of a blind man. Misses her about 30,000 fucking times. She goes underwater. Still misses her 30,000 times. But then finally, like 007, point blank, point, you know, close to one eye and fucking shoots, gets her like right in between the shoulder blades. And uh, that's it. She just kind of floats there. And uh, the movie makes you think she's dead. She very possibly could be. Who knows? Uh, we then cut to later on, uh, right after that, I think it starts to like start raining out. Uh, it gets dark out at that point. And we cut to John and Emma. We haven't seen them in a while. <clears throat> and they're sitting down, eating, and then they just get a... Well, they're like, what the fuck? Who's knocking at this time of night? Maybe it's Mari. Maybe she's coming home. Emma gets up, opens the door. It ain't Mari. It's the three fucking dicks with Justin. Crew comes up with some bullshit excuse that they crashed their car and are stranded. And, uh, you know, Francis here is looking worse for wear with his broken fucking face. <clears throat> um, so yeah, they're like, come in, come in. And another crucial point I missed is John's a doctor uh, we learn about him very briefly I must I didn't even remember this till now because I remember they keep calling him doc I literally didn't even remember this till now because it was such a small scene that took place in between I think like them killing the cops in the beginning and the drive up to the house it's such a small like fucking one minute scene you just don't even remember it John's a doctor <clears throat> um, 
So he's like, oh yeah, uh, let me come fix up your nose. And you guys come in and get warm. And uh, now, basically the scenario is the people that just killed and raped Paige. Not, they didn't rape Paige, but they killed Paige. But raped and possibly killed their daughter, Mari, are now in their house getting helped by the mother and father. And it's like, damn, like, you're just thinking about this the whole time. Like, fuck, they don't even know. But at the same time, neither do the Krug in the gang. They don't know that these guys are the parents of Mari, a girl they just fucking murdered. To their knowledge. So they sit down, uh, Emma makes Justin a nice little cup of hot cocoa. Um, during the rape, by the way, I'm just going to mention this really quick, because it's going to be mentioned in a minute. Um, she's, like, looking at her necklace that her mother gave her, and Krug rips the necklace away, and it's found out in this house that Justin snatched the necklace while he was alone. He has the necklace in his possession while he's drinking that hot, hot cocoa. Meanwhile, um, Francis is getting his nose fixed up by Doc John. Dr. John to the fucking rescue, and uh, they really get in depth with this scene uh, with the sewing through the nose, and I'm one person that fucking hates needles, so this was just a lovely scene. I I loved watching it so much, you know, I just, God, it was so good. I was just like, yes, give me more of this. I fucking love it. Um, During the process, though, power goes out. And it's uh, kind of funny because he's like, uh, John is just like, stay right there. I'm going to pull the breaker. Francis just like starts like, he's a little bitch. He's just like, where's the needle? Where is the needle? (laughs) It's kind of funny. Made me crack up a little bit in a movie that's very grim. Um, But yeah, basically they get some candles going. John patches up Francis. They go to the living room, get all snug and... They talk about, you know, they can't get a hold of any cabs or anything. So then John has a great idea. Why don't you guys just stay the night? Yeah, just stay the night. Great idea. Um, we have a guest house. Yeah, you can just stay in the guest house. Just have a good time. Stay in the fucking guest house. Great. Fucking lovely boy. So good. Uh, so... <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, This whole fucking thing with these four in the house just made me fucking cringe because I was like, like, they don't know what literally just happened mere hours ago. Not even. But they do. And shit goes down when they find out. We'll get into that. Um, So, yeah, they set them up in the, the house. There is some sexual tension. Well... Francis thinks there's some sexual tension. There's actually no tension. Emma's actually just very uncomfortable. But Francis thinks there's sexual tension between himself and Emma, which there's not. Emma's just fucking creeped the fuck out by Francis, especially. All, all of them, but mostly Francis. Um, before they go to the guest house, though, um, right before, basically, um, Justin is putting his mug in the kitchen. Um, you know, because he's finished his delicious, delectable hot cocoa, and, uh, he 
grabs the necklace. And he wraps it around the mug. He almost gets caught by Krug, but he gets away with it. And uh, Krug goes back into the room. Justin goes to find the bathroom, walks past the fridge, looks at the fridge, and guess what he sees? A picture of Mari. Now, this guy goes fucking white. He, like, he's a white guy, but he goes white, like pale white. Because he's, well, he knows now that it's not good. You know, something he had wanted to take no part in. He did not want this. And now they're in this predicament. Now he has to face the people that just lost their daughter. And he gets really sick. Emma she just asks if he's okay. He's like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Runs to the bathroom and just sits there. Quick talk with his father. Tells him to fucking act up. Act better. Like, stop being such a bitch. <laughs> Anyways, they all go to the guest house. Um, Emma, like, shows him around. And is like, da 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 Whatever, whatever. Have a good night. Goes to the house. Uh, they just... John and Emma just start kind of talking. Things get bad again. Um... As they just start hearing this uh, while they're talking. They're like, what the fuck? Is someone knocking? John looks at the front door. Nobody there. They eventually come to the conclusion that it's coming from the back porch. So they decide to go around to the back porch and look. And they do see a ro the rocking chair. There's a rocking chair out there and it's hitting the house. But not because of wind or nothing. Someone must be moving it. John slowly moves the flashlight. To see that it's fucking Mari. She somehow survived the swim, made it back to the, across the other side of the lake to where the, the, their lake house is, and she fucking survived with a bullet in her back. This girl is a fucking gladiator. She's a fucking trooper. Buddy, she was great. She played an amazing role, by the way, Mari. Amazing. Um, Sarah Paxson, she did amazing in this movie. Um, even though her role from here on out kind of gets eh. Like, not bad, but just like... Her role diminishes now. Uh, the movie quickly goes from Sarah Paxton's view to the view of John and Emma. They bring in a pretty much almost dead <clears throat> uh, Mary. Mother is distraught, obviously. Um, they quickly notice that she has a bullet hole in her. And it's like, fuck. And I was thinking at this point, I was like, they haven't noticed she got raped yet. And then pretty much as soon as I said that, John, inspecting, noticed that she did. Uh, and uh, I almost went to tears, honestly, um, by Emma's reaction. So fucking sad. Uh, this movie was very well played because she reacted like a mother would react. Seriously. Really good acted. Made me like, really, really, really get into the feels of it. And I almost cried watching it because it was just fucking sad. <clears throat> um, before the rape, actually, during the bullet hole thing, they're trying to figure out, like, who the fuck would do this to a daughter? This was actually before... Uh, see, I keep missing parts because I get so into talking about it. Um, before they find out that Mari was, you know, what happened, uh, well, 
they saw her body and what happened and stuff. But before they figured out, you know, she was raped and stuff. I want to keep stop saying that. But uh, right before that, before Emma comes back with the water that they used to transfuse the bullet out of her blood, which is really cool. John, thank God he's a doctor. Uh, Emma finds the necklace wrapped around the mug. So she already knows who did this. And it just brings her further in after they find out what else happened to her. Um, Emma was basically like, I know who did this. She's like, that boy, that boy Justin, he left this behind basically for us to find. He's trying to tell us, like, that they did this. And it gets, uh, it gets real bad because John is like, we have to get the fuck out of there. Like, they're in the house and... Perfect shot of the lightning lighting up the guest house. It's like, oh, fuck. Uh, we cut to the guest house around some point around here. Um, Francis is sleeping in an armchair. Uh, Krug and Sadie take the bed, and Justin's on the couch. Krug says something. I don't remember what he says to his son. He's like, are you awake or something? Justin just ignores him. He's like... He's broken from all this. He gets up though. Uh, crew gets up, goes to the bathroom. Justin sees the handgun on the nightstand, Krug's nightstand, and uh, presumably doesn't show him take it, but he takes it. You know, as we learn later, <clears throat> a bit later, goes on for a bit. Um, they keep taking care of. Mari on the dining room table, or not dining room table, the living room table. And then John goes to go retrieve the boat. The keys aren't in the boat. It was mentioned earlier, way earlier in the very beginning of the movie, I, I did want to save to mention this now, that Emma's brother was staying at the lake house. And he went fishing a lot, and he was staying in the guest house, which they don't say it, but we see it, and you just kind of, if you can remember that, you just think, oh, fuck, the boat keys are in the fucking guest house. Of fucking course they are. Uh, <laughs> why wouldn't they be? Um, so, yeah, John frantically looking for the keys, then starts, realizes he's fucked. Has to find something else to do. Goes to the... Uh, leaves the boathouse. Sneaks to the tool shed. And starts rummaging around looking for tools. Meanwhile... I don't know what Emma's doing in the kitchen. I think she's grabbing water or something for Mari. She turns around with the one and only jump scare really in this movie. Fucking Francis is just fucking right there! Fucking... Freaky fucking weirdo. And uh, he gets some real uh, rapey vibes. I don't want to say that, but he does. He gets some real rapey vibes around her. Uh, obviously thinking that they have sexual tension, which they don't. Emma's just really freaked out. And now even more so, after they found out everything. And they realized it was them. Uh, she also has knives. I think she was what she was doing was she was collecting knives or something. Um, that's what she was doing in the kitchen, actually. And then, uh, yeah... She tries to put away these. She tries to like hide the knives. 
And then she distracts. She's like, ooh, how about... Because he says he wants a beer because the lightning kept... The thunder kept him up. And then she starts flirting with him a bit. Distracting and prolonging it till John comes back. Instead, they opt, opt to have some wine. Um, Francis goes to the fridge to grab one, but... Um, Emma's like, no, 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 no. Because don't forget picture of Mari still on the fridge and they do not know that Mari is um, the daughter of them of course so anyways they get them they start looking and stuff and uh, you know she's trying to avoid get to avoid um, Francis Uncle Frank from looking in the living room which is just right there so then she's like, oh, let me go to the fridge. I think actually there's one of the, the, there's a bottle of wine in the fridge. She manages to slip the picture of Mari inside the fridge, grabs the bottle of wine, grabs some glasses, goes to pour or something. And then Francis brings up, uh, ooh, the jacuzzi, have you ever used it? And then, of course, they keep flirting a little bit just to keep him occupied. And she's like, ooh, we could go use it then. Francis goes up to go look. Are to go to the thing, looks, walks, starts walking to the front door. Just so happens, this is fucking pure bad luck. Just so happens to um, look left and sees Mari lying on the table. But too little too late for Francis, because this is where the movie starts getting fucking crazy. Like, literally fucking insane. So here we go. I'm going to do my best to remember all this. Emma comes up behind Francis and smashes the wine bottle off his head. Doesn't do too much damage because they start fighting, they start fighting, they start fighting. Goes into the dining room, comes around back into the kitchen. Emma has a kitchen knife. Um, the fucking Francis just basically runs into it by accident, right into his fucking sternum. Or something, no, not into his sternum, like his, right, right below his chest. Um, and he just slowly pulls it out. It's disgusting. And then they start fighting. I believe he like hits her to the ground or something. Uh, he's about to kill her, but doesn't. <laughs> this is my favorite part. John comes with the hammer, all heroic, to come to save the day. And he basically just gets fucking punched in the face and drops the hammer. I'm like, oh, good job, John. Good try. Good, great try. <laughs> um... And I remember watching this, I kept thinking John was going to die. I was like, no. Both parents can't live. One of them's got to, like, die. And I think it's going to be John. Because he's going to, like, do something to save his family or something. And some heroic act, and then he's going to die. Um. Um, so yes. Start fighting a bit more. Start fighting a bit more. Eventually, like... I don't remember, Emma's, Emma and Francis to buy the thing. John's, like, knocked out. He gets fucked up at some point. Somehow by Francis, I don't even remember. But he gets fucked right up. He's out for a sec. It's just Emma and Francis. Emma manages to... Like, kick out his knee. Starts putting his face in the sink. Um, because the sink's full of water. It's got the plug... 
So they start putting his stink up, but she's not strong enough. But then John, big heroic John, comes and helps hold him down. And it seems as if Francis is going to die via drowning. However, something very smart Francis does, and I'm not condoning, I'm not cheering for Francis. Uh, he reaches into the sink and pulls out the drain, allowing the water to drain. And it seems like, oh no, Francis is going to survive. And he's like, and then he starts using his hands to get up. Um, John hits his hand into the sink more, and I was like, what the fuck? And this was part was so like, ah, fuck me, man. He fucking turns on the garbage disposal and fucking, uh, his hand starts just getting clamped and the screams from Francis, man. The fucking blood-curdling screams as Francis's hand gets absolutely fucking wrecked in this garbage disposal. That's why I'm happy, like, Canada... It doesn't have garbage disposals, really. Um, it starts getting fucking wrecked in the sink, though. And he's just screaming. And in order to shut him up so no one else overhears, um, good old, good old Francis boy, Uncle Frank, John goes and grabs the hammer, turns it to the side that, you know, pulls out the nails, and just fucking whams it into, into France, the back of Francis' head, killing him instantly on impact. Uh, and of course, they gotta get that last shot of Francis's hand finally coming out of the sink, and it's just mangled to shit. Disgusting. And they eventually then take a stance. They're like, alright, time to fuck up the rest of them. And they just go to the, go to the, um, go to the guest house. They go upstairs, and the first thing they see is Justin up against the wall. Looks like they're about to do something, but Justin's just holding the gun, pointing it at them. Like, oh, fuck, this is gonna end real quick. But no. Justin hands the handle over to John. Slowly walks over, making sure not to wake up Sadie and Krug. Um, and he loads it, because he, I guess, tries to pull it, but, like, safety's on or something. Takes safety's off, loads it. Waking up both Sadie and Krug, who both kind of spring into action. Sadie's not quick enough, though. She gets a shot, grazing her neck. And then it, it's fight time. Uh, as they start shooting... Uh, Krug, like, puts the mattress up, knocking Emma over. Krug fucking dives out the fucking window, like a madman, as Sadie and John begin to brawl. It's actually a decent fight, uh, but it ended quite quickly as, uh, Sadie gets a shower curtain and gets pushed up against the wall. She tries to recover quick, and John's just like, fuck this, shoots the gun right in her eye, fucking just kills her. She falls down, splattered blood on the wall. She's dead. Uh, we get to see Krug in the actual house now. Kind of walks around, and he starts walking into the living room. And at this point, I'm like, no, like, no, please. Like, this is not how Mari can die. Like, she's been through so much in this movie, and now you're just going to kill her because Krug's going to fucking murder her or, like, do something really bad to her just fucking kill her or something this is not good like no mari but mari's gone she's not there and they take a quick shot emma or john one of them or probably both of them moved her to the boat and put her up in a blanket in the boat very smart um so mari i i mean emma i think is now tending to justin or something, I don't know. They're just left behind in the house, basically. Um, 
Krug's now running. Um, he's inside the house. Um, John comes in, starts looking around, goes upstairs. Uh, Krug's doing a good thing of distracting. Uh, he looks out the window thinking that Krug jumped out the window again. But no, Krug's right fucking behind you, John! Boom! Brawl starts, they start fucking fighting, and the culmination of this brawl is... John gets fucking tossed into the railing. The railing fucking snaps. And just he just crashes to the floor with a bunch of debris. Looks like he's dead first, but then, no, he's still kind of moving. Crew comes down the stairs while speaking and just being a fucking disgusting asshole. And he's like, You want to hear what I did to your daughter? And then, like, John's just, like, the family's basically snapped. Especially John. He's like, I thought John was going to die here be honest i still thought john was gonna die at this point and then he's like no i want to hear the sound of you fucking dying Tur brings up the table hits krug in the face they start brawling again and then uh at one point krug just snaps and fucking just beats the absolute piss out of uh, john and i thought he was honestly gonna die here and then stop is heard and i was like oh shit what the fuck Turn around, it's Justin, who's pointing the gun at his dad. That's right. Family family feud here. Krug starts talking about, oh, you're my son, like you, whatever, whatever. Um, and he also has a fire, oh yeah, he also had a fire poker in his hand because he was going to put it through um, John's throat. So he has a fire poker in his hand. Uh, and I didn't know if Justin was going to shoot or not. And then he actually tried. I say tried, though. Because the gun was empty. And this is what kind of shocks me. Um, fucking... Krug fucking stabs Justin right in the gut. And brings him up against the walls and starts digging it in. Justin's trying to talk. And he's like, nah, you, you you don't get to talk now, boy. And then Justin's like, no, fuck you! Like, he starts losing it and starts cursing out his dad as he's pressing in the fire poke even more. Bow to kill him. Bow to murder him. But he's not, because, out of nowhere, clank right to the side of the head. In comes fucking Emma, saving the day with a fucking fire hydrant to the side of the head. I'm like, Jesus Christ. He's like starting to get up, and then all of a sudden, just fucking Marcus Gold II style punt right to the face by John, who's now up. Justin's looking worse for wear. However, it's over. It's over. It cuts to like a morning. And, uh, John, Emma, Mari, and Justin, who survived, to make you think that Justin's dead. For a brief moment. But yeah, these four riding away on the boat. And I just thought it ends there. I was like, what I was thinking at this point, I was like, it's crew that they just made like the badass fucking absolute villain, Duke dickbag, unforgivable fucking asshole. Did they really just kill him off with a punt to the face? But now, after the movie blacked out, it opened back up. Uh, as they were driving away, actually, there was little little snippets of cuts on a body. But after the movie backs, blacks out, the boat drives away, 
we get see a body on a table with little tiny cuts everywhere. Very strategically placed. And then it zooms up and it's it's Krug. It's Krug. He starts yelling and screaming. He sees John. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing? Doc, what are you doing? And he's scared. He's pissing his pants probably. John's like, well, here's the fact. While you're unconscious, we cut your body up. Strategically. You're paralyzed from your neck down. So I'm guessing they cut a lot of his nerves and stuff. He's like, you're paralyzed from your head down, from your neck down now. And he just places a microwave there and snugly puts Krug's head in it. And the last thing he says to Krug is he's turns the buttons on, presses start, and he's like, don't worry. This won't hurt you. And he walks away. Krug's yelling for him. He's like, hurry, hurry, get back here, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden, like, Krug's face just starts getting red. I thought it was from yelling at first. And then obviously I was like, oh, the fucking waves from the microwave. And the best ending I've ever seen for a movie. He starts screaming in fucking pain. And fucking his head fucking explodes. Yes, they did a head explosion to end the movie. So good. Yes, uh, the head, the head explosion looked kind of fake, but there's only so much you can do. But it was great. It was a great, great way for Krug to fucking die. That piece of shit. I still don't feel like his death was bad enough, though. You know, what's that one movie? Where the guy's wife gets killed, wife and daughter, and then, uh, he finds the guy and tortures him, and then, like, goes after the whole police department, killing all those police and stuff. Can't remember that movie. He ends up being the villain by the end, which is kind of stupid, but he, like, tortures that guy, like, numbs his body and, like, cuts up all his body parts. That's what should have happened to that scummy fucking dickbag Krug. I feel like his death was too quick. But, nonetheless, uh, that was the movie. That was The Last House on the Left. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. The movie was an hour and 54 minutes. Of course, that movie was made in 2009. Amazing movie. Everyone did great shout-outs to Aaron Paul, who played Uncle Frank fucking beautifully. Shout-out to Sarah Paxton, who played Mari Collingwood. She played her role as Mari beautifully. And yeah. Shout-out to Garrett Dillahunt, who played Krug. I think he was one of the best villains of the movie in a long time. So yeah. That was The Last House on the Left. I hope you guys enjoyed that review. Uh, it was a good movie. I liked it. Despite the not-so-great reviews, I thought it was a good movie. I don't think it was amazing or great or movie of the century or whatever. Uh, but it was a good movie. So it deserves that. So, yeah. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be getting into the main event. I'm so excited for this. Uh, like I said, I was going to do this in a... Uh, video on my German Gamer channel, but then I was just like, well, I got a podcast now, let's just do it on there, so that's what we're going to do, we're going to do it on a podcast, I can't wait, it's going to be fun, it's going to take a while, so sit back, relax, get ready, so it's now main event time, so 
late in 2019, I said I was going to do this thing where I was going to watch every single episode of Main Event and then review it after I watched it all, year by year. And that's exactly what I'm going to be doing today. Today I'm reviewing 2012 and 2013 together, uh, mainly because Main Event started in like late 2012, so there isn't much of 2012 to do. It literally started in October of 2012 so i mean there really isn't much of 2012 so i just gonna i'm just gonna do 2012 and 2013 together just because and then after that we will do one year every year so next one will be just 2014 2015 you know so on and so forth so let's get ready guys i cannot wait to talk about every episode of main event i just took some of these while i was having a quick five minute break by the way, guys, this is some great stuff. Uh, if you guys don't know, I have, uh, I thought I had sciatica. Uh, fortunately, it's just sciatic nerve damage. Uh, I say fortunately, like that's a good thing, but it's not. Um, however, there you go, it's not sciatica. Uh, but still, I do get a lot of, um, a lot of pain from that, as well as my back and my knee, which I hurt in basketball, not a wrestling related injury. <clears throat> so I wake up with uh, quite a bit of pain every day. These things have been helping me like crazy. This is CBD tablets. More specifically, the Tweed CBD Hybrid uh, Cannabis Oil Soft Gel. <clears throat> um, I have 15 in the bottle. They are great. I, well, I have 13 now because I've been taking them the last two nights. And I gotta say, seriously, man, these things have been working like an absolute charm. Uh, for me, <clears throat> the pain is gone and I'm able to sleep comfortably. I don't take them in the morning because uh, take them at nighttime to help me sleep uh, because that's when it's the worst. I usually find uh, the pain's the worst at night. Um, this specific one, this Tweet CBD, uh, has 20 milligrams of CBD and uh, less than one milligram of THC. So yeah, they're great. As you can hear, I'm gonna start buying these daily. Uh, well, not buying them daily, but I'm gonna start taking it one a day daily to help out with my pain. Um, so far, one's been working. I don't think I'll need any more than one. Uh, hopefully not. So yeah, so far they've been working great. Shout out to. Tweed. <clears throat> Anyways, let's get underway with main event. Every single episode of main event. So we start off October 3rd, 2012. The debut episode of main event. And we open up with... The Miz and Michael Cole as the opening match is champion versus champion. And I know what you think about main event. Not this kind of match, guys. Because it's the world champion versus the WWE champion. At this time, you probably know, Sheamus versus CM Punk on main event. Sheamus becomes actually quite a regular on, on main event. He actually has quite a bit of matches on main event. CM Punk, this being his one and only main event appearance... 
champion versus champion. You guys are going to laugh at the matches that take place after this. Uh, well, match that takes place after this. Um, this match is really good from what I remember. This was a long time ago that I watched this one. It's a good match. Uh, Sheamus goes for his bro kick. CM Punk like escapes underneath um, with a roll up. One, two, three. I like that. You know, neither man loses clean because they are both world champions. Neither of them really lose clean, clean. CM Punk escaping with the victory. And now it's the, the second and final match uh, because, you know, there's some main events that have lots of matches and then there's some main events that have two. Uh, the main event nowadays only ever has two matches, and it's been like that since, like, 2017. But, uh, from, like, 2012 to, like, 2016, you like, it's a mixed bag, really. <clears throat> but the main event, a main event. So you have that great match to open the show. What do you have to main event? You gotta go bigger than Sheamus and CM Punk. Of course. Cobro versus Tyson Kidd and Justin Gabriel. Amazing. Uh, Cobro, if you don't remember, is... The, I, when I say very short-lived team, I mean very short-lived team. Like, I don't even remember, like, how long their stint was because it was, like, so short. It was a team between Santino Morella and Zack Ryder. Somehow they made it into, like, WWE 14 team or game. But, like, I think they were just like, oh, we need another tag team to put in there. Oh, Cobra. But, yeah. Um, and this match ends with Santino Morella hitting the Cobra on Tyson Kidd to pick up the win. <clears throat> awesome. Your next one is October 10th, 2012. We have a match that I was so excited for. I remember I posted about it. I was like, damn, this is how we're doing it. We had a 23-minute match, I think, between Randy Orton and The Big Show. No hate. Randy Orton and The Big Show both super, you know, they've done more in wrestling than I'll ever be able to do. But they have these the style. It's a slower-paced kind of style. And it was just 23, ma 23 minutes of staring and very slow wrestling. Uh, it, uh, yeah. And Randy Orton uh, loses to the Big Show via Chokeslam. And, of course, our main event following up. You know, two huge names like that. How do you, how do you follow up? Kofi Kingston versus Michael McGillicuddy. Uh, Kofi Kingston defeats McGillicuddy with an SOS. Now, I believe this would be one of McGillicuddy's last matches before um, turning into Kurt Saxel. So, fun fact there. Next up, we got IC title match, baby. Yeah, that's right. IC title match. The Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, versus Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston actually wins the title off The Miz on main event. Featuring a Trouble in Paradise. Uh, and then our main event of that is Dolph Ziggler defeating Zack Ryder with a zigzag. We're going to hop right into October 24th of 2012. As we uh, open up with Dolph Ziggler yet again. Back to back Dolph. We get Dolph Ziggler versus Ryback. Uh, Ryback winning with a shell shock. And then we get right into the next match. With Alberto Del Rio, fuck you, uh, <laughs> defeating Sin Cara with an arm breaker. Alright, so October 31st, we're done with October now. Uh, we get 
you know, all it's always been Cole and Miz. But for this episode and this episode only a main event, we get JBL and Michael Cole uh, on this one. And uh, to start off with some six-man tag team action with the team of Sin Cara, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio defeating the team of Alberto Del Rio, Darren Young, and Titus O'Neil. Orton hitting an RKO on Del Rio for the three count. <clears throat> and then in our main event, Wade Barat defeats Tyson Kidd with the Barat, or what is it called? The, the Bullhammer. <laughs> God. Uh, we're getting into November now. <clears throat> November 7th. Looks like I said November 71st when I wrote this down. Um, November 7th, though. <clears throat> um, Wade Barat loses to Sheamus via broke kick. <clears throat> and in our main event, R-Truth defeats Heath Slater with Jinder Mahal at ringside uh, by DQ. Because this is a momentous occasion. Because 3MB makes their debut, baby. That's right. The 3MB attack R-Truth, making their debut. together. <clears throat> uh, tag title match to open up November 14th, 2012's main event. As uh, tag team champions, Team Hell No, of course, Daniel Bryan and Kane taking on the team of Team Road Scholars, of course, Cody Rhodes and Damian Sandow. Uh, clean finish with Hell No winning with a choke slam and then a flying headbutt onto Damian Sandow for the three. Main event, Santino Morella defeating David Otunga. This being David Otunga's final match, uh, televised match at least, for the company. Uh, Santino hits the Cobra on David Otunga to win the match. <clears throat> oh, I lied. This isn't the only one with the Golden JBL. Because November 21st, 2012, Cole and JBL hop on the action again as the as Dolph Ziggler defeats The Miz with a zigzag. And then our main event, Wade Barrett squashes Justin Gabriel, hitting the bull hammer. I think they're trying to push Wade Barrett at the time. Uh, November, I don't know what I wrote here, November 26th, 2012, we got the one and only main event appearance, well, at least match, I think he does a promo on a later main event, but the one and only match appearance by John Cena on main event as he, uh, faces Damian Sandow and defeats him with the STF. I believe that's our first submission finish of main event as well, fun fact. Um, yeah. And then our main event of main event, because you can't have John Cena main event, because you need this one in main event, a squash match of Cesaro squashing Zack Ryder with the neutralizer. That's fun. Um, we get champion versus champion. <clears throat> we got the United States champion, Cesaro, Antonio Cesaro, as he was still known on December 5th, 2012. Versus the IC champion, Kofi Kingston, man. And, uh, yeah. Basically, this ends by DQ because Wade Barrett comes out and blasts Kofi because, well, he wants the title. So, we get the uh, tag match of Kofi Kingston, who's, you know, dealing with Barrett. And Truth, who's Arch and R-Truth, who is the number one contender for Cesaro's title versus Cesaro and Wade Barrett. Um... And, um, 
Um, Kofi hits the Trouble in Paradise on Cesaro, and uh, he's not the legal man, though. And R-Truth, like, Cesaro, like, takes it, but isn't falling. He's staggering. R-Truth rolls him up. One, two, three. R-Truth and Kofi go into the next pay-per-view with strong victories over their opponents. December 12th, 2012. Kicks off with Alberto. Oh, by the way, Cole and Miz take back over on December 5th. Uh, but on December 12th, Alberto Del Fuckface um, loses to Ryback thanks to a shell shock. <clears throat> and uh, we get to see 3MB, Heath Slater, and Drew McIntyre um, with Jinder at ringside. They defeat Tyson Kidd and Justin Gabriel. Uh, Heath Slater hits an implant DDT on Kidd for the win. December 19, 2012. We kick off with Team Helmo versus the Road Scholars. Um, ends with Daniel Bryan hitting the top rope headbutt onto Cody Rhodes for the win. And then we get another, this is tag team action galore, as we get the primetime players taking on Cobro. Um, and. Uh, Titus hits the Clash of the Titus on Ryder, picking up the victory. Next up, we got December 26, 2012. <clears throat> and uh, we kick off with 3MB taking on Kid and Gabriel yet again. Uh, Tyson Kid winning this time by hitting a super blockbuster on to, on to Jinder Mahal for the win. This was Jinder and Drew in action. And then we get right into it with a Battle Royal. Now this Battle Royal featured the final match of Ted DiBiase Jr. William Regal. Of course, Willie Will. Zack Ryder. Primetime players. The Usos. Justin Gabriel. Tyson Kidd. Brodus Clay, Yoshitatsu, Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, Primo, Epico. Who's RS? Oh, the Road Scholars, Wade Barrett, Santino Morella, and the great Kali. The winner of this match, the fucking great Kali. Because, of course, uh, the great Kali. <clears throat> I don't have on here who the second last man was. I think it was Brodus Clay. Great colleague wins. That means on the next episode of Main Event, Cesaro will defend his US title against Great Colley. So yes, so January 2nd, 2013. We're finally getting to 2013. US title. Anyways, guys, sorry about that. Um quick interruption there. We got Cesaro versus the Great Colley. On January 2nd, 2013, <clears throat> um, Cesaro does the, this is the famous uh, match of where Cesaro does the Cesaro swing. That's what this match is known for. But yes, Cesaro defeats and retains his title by hitting the neutralizer on Great Kali for the win. Uh, next up, we have what, uh, what is the Wade Barrett gauntlet match. That's right. <clears throat> So, he just 
going through a couple guys really quick, basically. First up comes Yoshitatsu. Matches bell rings. Tatsu does some like kung fu like kicks that don't actually reach. It's just kind of like to scare off Barrett. Barrett's like, ah, fuck you. Hits the bull hammer. One move defeats Yoshitatsu. Out comes JTG next. He lasts about two minutes. Gets the bull hammer. Gabriel comes out. Lasts a lot longer. Almost defeats Barrett at one point. Gets the bull hammer. <clears throat> Kofi Kingston comes out. Um, they fight for. They have a match for a while. Kofi. Trouble in paradise to Barrett. One, two, three. Kofi gets one over on Barrett once again. <clears throat> now to the January 9th, 2013 show. <clears throat> we kick off with a, a match between Sheamus and Dolph Ziggler. An incredibly long match. Very good. Between Sheamus and Dolph Ziggler. Sheamus wins by countout as Dolph Ziggler leaves. <clears throat> we then get... Another squash match with Wade Barrett as he takes on Zack Ryder. Quick match. <clears throat> Not very long. Zack gets hit with the bull hammer. Wade wins. Okay. Uh, January 16th, 2013. Let's get rocking past these. Um, Randy Orton versus Cesaro. This match goes on for quite a while. However, it ends in a no contest because the shield come in and it quickly hit Cesaro and then go after Randy. Not very good. <clears throat> and then we get the match between primetime players and the Usos. During this match, Brad Maddox comes down and starts commentating, and it's just really funny between him and Cole. Uh, yeah, this match eventually ends with the Usos hitting the splash on PTP, defeating PTP. Uh, January 23rd, 2013, Ryback uh, faces Cesaro. Cesaro walks out on the match. Ryback wins by countout. Then we get um <clears throat> Alright, this is a weird one. The Usos versus the Road Scholars. This match ends by a crotch on the top rope. D Damien literally gets crotched on the top rope, falls, and the Uso, one of the Usos go for the pin, and it matches just over. I don't really get it. But okay, that, that's how the match ended. <clears throat> um January 30th, 2013, Ryback. Wins over Cesaro after Cesaro ditches again for second week in a row. Goddamn guy. Um, next we get Tensai. He's having his little thing with Brodus Clay. He hasn't joined for a sweet tea yet. He's getting there. He takes on Titus O'Neil. Um, beats Titus with a senton. Running senton splash. <clears throat> we get... It's February something. I didn't even write down the fucking date on here. February 8th, 2013. Cole and JBL back at it again uh, for Sheamus beating Cody Rhodes with a bro kick. Uh, Damian Sandow beating Daniel Bryan with his Kovito Akiyet. And then we get, for the first time ever, three matches as we get our main event. And this is a main event worthy main event. Funkadactyls, Cameron and Naomi taking on Tamina, who I like a lot, and a Oksana. <laughs> um, Cameron hits a drop kick on Oksana, and that's it. This was just a, a night of weird matches, uh, weird finishes. With Sandow winning with this Kovitio Akiyet. Never won with that move. Cover this match. <clears throat> and then Cameron winning with a drop kick. Okay. Uh, February 13, 2013, we get an extremely long match between Alberto Del Rio and Dolph Ziggler. The only match on the show. Uh, Del Rio defeats Ziggler. With 
the armiest of arm bars. Uh, February 20, 2013. <clears throat> we get a big show gauntlet match of sorts. Uh, big show faces off against the Usos two on one and defeats them in like three minutes with a double choke slam. In comes. Brodus Clay, who quickly gets KO'd. And then we got Big Show versus Great Kali. And Big Show just walks out on the match eventually. Just walks out. That's it. <clears throat> Main event. Justin Gabriel defeats Titus O'Neil. Kind of surprising. Uh, 450 Splash defeating O'Neal. Next up, February 27th, 2013. We got your boys. Michael Cole, Jerry the King Lawler, in commentary. Uh, for Sheamus to beat Cody Rhodes once again with the bro kick. And then Mark Henry to just completely squash Justin Gabriel. Just just wipe the floor with him and hit the World's Strongest Slam. <clears throat> yep. Uh, March 6th, 2013. Randy Orton defeating Wad Barat. And the uh, kickoff match, RKO, classic Orton match, you know how it is. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Zack Ryder, Cody Rhodes winning with the crossroads. <clears throat> and then, uh, this one, this was actually a surprising match to me, this one ca caught me off guard. Sin Cara defeating Cesaro with a top rope Hurricane Rana, he stays in with the roll up, one, two, three, Sin Cara picking up a surprise victory, big upset over Cesaro. <clears throat> March 13th, 2013, Big Show defeats Del Rio. Uh, actually, it's by Swagger. Swagger attacks Big Show. Or something like, no. Swagger goes to attack Big Show. Big Show runs off to Swagger or something. I don't remember. Something, no, it's Del Rio and Swagger. That's it. Big Show wins by count out. Next up, Usos versus Jinder and Drew of 3MB. Usos went with the Uso Splash. Uh, Gabriel, Justin Gabriel gets buried again, um, getting squashed by Wade Barrett, <clears throat> Gabriel goes for a springboard, he gets caught with the bull hammer in midair, brutal, um, March 20, 2013, we get another Wade Barrett squash, this time he squashes R-Truth, bull hammer, ba-ba-boom, good night, we got women's tag action, Natalia and Layla, who I forgot was still in the WWE at this time. And then I remembered she had the whole thing with Fandango. That was weird. Anyways, they faced off against Foxana. Alicia Fox and Oxana. Natalia getting Fox with the sharpshooter to win. And then our main event, Usos defeat primetime players with the Uso Splash. That's fun. And we got March 27th, 2013. Kane defeating Cesaro to open up the show with a choke of the slam. <clears throat> Bellas defeating the Brie and Nikki Bella, defeating Cameron and Naomi after Cameron gets rolled up by Brie. Oh man, that's a lot of talking. <laughs> April 7th, 2013. The Miz has to go two on one 
with the prime time players. And this is the only match on the entire show that happens. Uh, the long one, Miz gets a figure four on Darren Young, picking up the win. Next, we get April 10th, 2013. We get the main event debut of The Shield. Still wearing their turtlenecks. Uh, no, they weren't at that time, I don't think. I don't know, they might have been. Anyways, they take on tons of funk, which of course is Sweet T, Tensai, and Brodus Clay, and Kofi Kingston. Uh, <clears throat> Seth hits his springboard, like, knee. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, right on to Sweet T for the pin. Um, yeah. Uh, next up, we get Big E. In his main event debut, defeating Zack Ryder, who's wearing tights. I I, I remember Zack Ryder wearing tights. Um, that short stint when he was like a huge enhancement guy at the time, and just wearing tights. And he stopped spiking up his hair, and he was like trying to evolve himself to be a heel. But WWE's like, no, you're not being a heel. You sell too much merchandise. Um, sorry, uh, but yeah, uh, he basically gets quickly squashed by Big E. Who hits the big ending for the winniest of wins. Uh, and then a very quick match in the main event of main event. Uh, Jack Swagger quickly squashes Yoshitatsu with the Patriot Lock. End it all out. <clears throat> uh, April 17th, 2013. We got a number one contender battle royal uh, for Wade. Barats, Intercontinental Champion. In this Battle Royal, we got Alex Riley, who this would be his last televised match before being sent to commentary. Um, fun fact. Uh, Justin Gabriel. Yoshitatsu. This would be his last match before getting sent to NXT. The Usos. Primo and Epico. Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre, Santino Morella, and Great Khali. Great Khan not going for two for two, <clears throat> as the winner of this battle royal was Justin Gabriel. Uh, Justin wins the match, has to stay in the ring as the match is happening right now. Wade Barrett comes out, they have a, a good match, but Wade Barrett catches Justin Gabriel mid-suicide dive with the bull hammer, throws him in the ring, pins him, it's over. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Uh, April 24th, 2013, Mark Henry's in the ring cutting a promo. He gets um, he gets tricked into wrestling a gauntlet match. His first guy he's facing, Jimmy Uso, quickly beats him World Strongest Slam. Next, Jay Uso quickly beats him World Strongest Slam. Who's next? Santino Morella, of course, quickly beats him World Strongest Slam. Next up, Kali, and they just copy this from Big Show because Mark Henry just keeps getting. You know, one-upped by Kali. And then Mark Henry just says, fuck this. And just dips. He leaves. He's like, I'm not doing this shit. Bye-bye. <clears throat> and that's how we end main event. Interesting. Uh, May 1st, 2013. We start off with US title match. Kofi Kingston gets the title by defeating Cesaro. Trouble in Paradise. New US champion. And then main event... Justin Gabriel defeats Heath Slater with the 450 splash. <clears throat> May 8th now, Randy Orton defeating Cesaro. 
RKO. Once again, typical Warren match. Uh, and uh, Gabriel and the Usos defeat 3MB with Gabriel hitting the 450 on Drew McIntyre for the win. May 15, 2013. Miz and Cole are officially back on commentary yet again to watch the match between Kane and Seth Rollins, which Kane wins by DQ because the rest of the Shield attack him. Shit. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, we get Wade Barrett versus Sin Cara. Another shocking victory for Sin Cara as he gets a hurricane, not top rope hurricane Rana, this time just a hurricane Rana. Rolls through with the roll up. <clears throat> gets Barrett. Damn, Barrett's having a rough time now. And then, uh, main event, Cody Rhodes hits the crossroads on Justin Gabriel to win in the main event of main event. May 22nd, 2013. We open up with Del Rio defeating Biggie Langston. He gives him an enziguri, rolls him up. One, two, three, it's over. And then, of course, we got... Um, sorry, the Usos. <clears throat> First, The Miz. Oh my god, I'm reading something totally different. The Usos versus 3MB, uh, Jinder and Heath. Usos said the Usos splash. One, two, three. <clears throat> the Usos win. I cannot get that thing out of my throat, guys. Sorry. Uh, May 29th, 2013. Final show of May 2013. We get... Uh, an amazing match, by the way. I even wrote down amazing match. Uh, amazing match between Sheamus and Wade Barrett. I've recommended this match before, too. Yeah, between Sheamus and Wade Barrett. Sheamus hitting a broke kick, finally defeating Barrett after a long match. Next, we got Cesaro defeating Justin Gabriel with the neutralizer. And then we get six-man tag. R-Truth and Tons of Funk versus 3MB. Truth hits the little Jimmy jumping complete shot on Heath to win the match. It's summertime. Summertime sadness. That's what I'm feeling right now, guys. <clears throat> June 5th, 2013. So this would be... This... 2013, like... Of this day, because it's June 5th today. Um, Sheamus versus Cesaro. Sheamus defeats Cesaro with a brogue kick. Usos defeat the Road Scholars with an Uso splash. And, uh... We get to see Kurt Hawkins versus Justin and Gabriel... I think this was one of Kurt Hawkins' last matches. I think his last televised match on the main roster before in NXT for a short spell with Big E. But uh, Gabriel hitting the 450 and defeating Kurt Hawkins. Next up, we get to see Josh Matthews and Wade Barrett. Um, it's Barrett's on commentary today. Oh, sorry. On the last show, uh, Josh Matthews, Ricardo Rodriguez, and Miz was on commentary. Now it's Josh Matthews and Barrett. Uh, June 12th, 2013, The Miz versus Cody Rhodes defeats Cody Rhodes with the figure four. Uh, Sandow defeats Sin Cara with the Uranagi. And Usos defeat Tons of Funk with the Splash onto Brodus Clay for the win. June 19th, 2013, we got Cody Rhodes, The Miz, and Josh Matthews on commentary as we get to see The Shield defeat the Usos and Justin Gabriel uh, with Dean Ambrose hitting the original Dirty Deeds, you know, the headlock driver, on Gabriel for the win. Cesaro defeating Sin Cara with the neutralizer yet again. And Caitlyn defeating Oksana with a spear. I remember that match was god-awful. <laughs> uh, June 26, 2013, we get to see 
Um, <clears throat> just missing Josh Matthews on commentary. Jericho, Chris Jericho takes on Cody Rhodes one-on-one. -on -one. It's funny now with, you know, AEW and stuff. Uh, Jericho locks on the walls. Jericho taps Rhodes out. <clears throat> we also get to see Christian, who returned to ring action like the week before. And he takes on Dean Ambrose of the Shield. Christian wins by DQ after the Shield attack Christian. Bunch of pieces of shit. And in the main event, primetime players defeat tons of funk with, uh, oh my god. Yeah, I wrote down weird corner finish. It was so weird. <clears throat> Tensai was, like, in the corner and there was this, like, weird thing with, like, Titus, like, lifting his boot up very, like, slowly into Tensai's face. And then, like, Darren went for a roll-up but missed and he just went for a normal pinfall. And that was it. Just a very slow... Barely effective boot <clears throat> is what did it. Um, July 3rd, 2013. First show of July. We got Josh Matthews and Cody Rhodes on commentary. As uh, Christian goes one-on-one. -on -one, Damian Sandow. <clears throat> Christian hitting the kill switch to win. Jack Swagger uh, defeating Sin Cara with the Patriot Locked. And Big E with AJ Lee hopping on commentary as well. Uh, just for this match. Squashing Kurt Hawkins in his final main roster appearance um, with the big ending. July 10th, 2013. We get to bit normality for a little bit here with Miz and Josh Matthews back at it. Um, and we get to open up the show with Dolph Ziggler versus Cesaro. Um, Dolph Ziggler wins by DQ after Swagger attacks Dolph Ziggler. You know, because now they're the real Americans. Um, and then we get six-man tag. <clears throat> Tons of funk and great Kali defeat the road scholars and slater after collie hits like the the brain overhead chop on slater for the win july 17th 2013 christian defeats fondango with a roll-up layla and natalia defeat oxana uh, foxana uh layla hits his like head kick on oxana for the win uh and justin gabriel and Heath slater are set to go in action in the main event however the Wyatt family attacks Gabriel and Slater and 3MB. This is the classic one where Slater goes to escape, looks at Wyatt, turns around, and gets killed by Luke Harper. Uh, July 24th, 2013, Sheamus versus Swagger. I want to mention Sheamus had a disgusting bruise on his leg in this match. Remember, he had it for a while. Uh, but Sheamus still wins, still beats Swagger with the Brogue. <clears throat> Sin Cara defeats uh, Drew McIntyre with the Hurry Driver. And then Damian Sandow defeats Justin Gabriel with the full Nelson slam. I think he calls that Terminus. Um, July 31st, 2013, the last show of July. We got Josh Matthews and JBL. <clears throat> As R-Truth loses to Wade Barrett with the Bullhammer. Uh, Mark Henry defeats Drew McIntyre with the World's Strongest Slam. The Usos defeat primetime players with the Uso Splash. On to Darren Young. Um, yeah, August 7th, 2013, back with Josh Matthews and The Miz, as, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. takes on The Usos and Mark Henry, um, one of The Usos get a curb stomp, but Dean's legal man goes in for the pin and wins, Natalia defeats Oksana with the sharpshooter, and Curtis Axel making his main event re-debut, 
um, defeats Sin Cara with the Hangman Facebuster. Next up, we got August 14th, 2013, Albert. Alberto Del Rio, fucking loser, defeats Cody Rhodes with the armbar. Uh, Usos defeat Jinder and Drew with the Uso splash. And Big E def- squashes Justin Gabriel with the big ending. Uh, yeah. And uh, August 21st, 2013, Shield and uh, versus the Usos and Kofi Kingston. Dean Ambrose, headlock driver to Kofi Kingston, picks up the win. AJ Lee defeats Naomi with the Black Widow. And Great Kali defeats Jack Swagger with the Brain Chop. <clears throat> uh, last show of August, we got Josh Matthews and Alex Riley. Alex Riley now, of course, taking up a commentary position. No longer admired as a wrestler. And we get to see the opening match of Curtis Axel and Cody Rhodes. Axel defeats Rhodes with the Hangman Facebuster, once again. Uh, oh, fuck, I forgot to mention, in the August 21st show, there was a really quick squash between Bray Wyatt defeating Justin Gabriel with Sister Abigail. Really quick. Um, back to August 28th. Primetime players defeat the Real Americans. Uh, Titus hits the Clash of Titus onto Jack Swagger. <clears throat> Kofi Kingston uh, with a DQ win. Over Fandango. Now, I wrote that your accidental finish. I don't think it was supposed to finish this way. I think Fandango was supposed to beat um, Kofi. But uh, Summer Ray grabbed onto Fon- uh, Kofi's foot. And the ref actually saw this. Like, the ref back was not turned or anything. So the ref, I think, shoot called the DQ. So I, I think this was an accidental finisher. I think it was supposed to be Fandango hitting that leg drop for the win. However, that didn't happen. And Fandango uh, was DQ'd. <clears throat> September 4th, 2013, uh, Fandango getting a little bit of redemption by defeating Justin Gabriel with the last dance. Uh, R-Truth defeats Damian Sandow with the little Jimmy. And the Wyatt family, uh, Luke Harper and Rowan, defeat primetime players with um, Titus getting hit with the discus by Harper. September 11th, 2013, unfortunately we lose A-Rai to NXT. Miz hops back on main event. Uh, Kofi defeats Cesaro by the Trouble in Paradise. Primetime players defeat 3MB, Clash of Titus onto Heath. Big E defeats R-Truth with the big ending. <clears throat> oh no, we don't lose A-Rai yet. Okay, we lose A-Rai after this, I think. September 18th, 2013. Josh and A-Rai back at it again. Curtis Axel beats Dolph Ziggler with the Hangman Facebuster. Kofi defeats Fandango with the Trouble in Paradise. And... Sandow, Damian Sandow defeats Justin Gabriel with the, the silencer. That was the, uh, the Terminus is like the other one. <clears throat> um, this one's the full Nelson slam called the silencer. Yeah. September 25th, 2013. Fondango and Biggie taking out the Usos. Fondango fakes an injury, leaving Biggie by himself. And he gets an Uso splash to lose the match. Uh, Big Show. Defeats Damian Sandow. Quite quick match with a KO punch. And Curtis Axel defeats Justin Gabriel. Hangman Facebuster, of course. We get into October now. October 2nd, 2013. Damian Sandow defeats Santino Morella with the Silencer. The Y family. Uh, of course, Harper and Rowan defeat primetime players. Discus to Darren this time. Uh, Curtis Axel versus Zack Ryder. Hangman Facebuster, of course. 
And we got four matches here as the Real Americans defeat Tons of Funk with a neutralizer to Tensai. Oh no, it was to Brodus, sorry. Uh, next up, we got a three-on-two handicap match between Tons of Funk and 3MB. Um, Heath Slayer actually wins with his spinning, you know that thing he does, like the spinning crossbody thing? He hits that on to a prone Tensai for the win. <clears throat> uh, Tamina defeats Oksana with like a Yakuza kick. And Big E squashes Zack Ryder with the biggest of big endings. Here we are, we're getting to the end here. October 16, 2013, Miz and Josh are back on commentary. Uh, it actually keeps going back and forth between A-Rai and Josh and Miz and Josh for quite a while, actually. And then eventually... Um, December 25th is Josh Matthews' last show, and then he actually leaves the company. And then it's Miz and Tom and uh, A-Rai and Tom for a bit. And then eventually A-Rai gets replaced by Byron. And then A-Rai goes to NXT. That's in February 12th, 2014. Uh, that's the day Byron comes on commentary. And then they stay as commentary for a long time. Um, <clears throat> anyways, Miz and Josh here. October 16th, 2013. U.S. title on the line. Dolph Ziggler, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose retains the U.S. title. God, I fucking hated his run with the title so much. Uh, headlock driver. For the win, um, tons of funk with Santino Morella now evening the odds against 3MB, six-man tag. Morella hits Slater with the Cobra, picks up the win. <clears throat> um, Damian Sandow hits uh, or defeats R-Truth with Terminus. Um, great in the main event, Great Kali defeats Fondango with the Brain Chop. October 23rd, 2013, Seth Rollins defeats Goldust with a roll-up. Real Americans defeat Primetime Players uh, with a Patriot Lock on to Titus O'Neil from Swagger. Um, Funkadactyls defeat Foxana with Naomi hitting the review on Fox. And, uh, or like Noam Dar likes to see, Alicia Fox. Um, and Damian Sandow defeats Ziggler with the Dolph Ziggler with the Terminus. October 30th, last show of October, getting into the final two months of 2013. Uh, Ryback defeats Kofi Kingston with the Shell Shock. Santino Marella defeats Heath Slater with the Cobra. That's once again, Heath Slater losing to the Cobra. Fandango defeats Kali this time with the Last Dance leg drop. And, uh, the main event debuts of the Los Matadores, Diego and Fernando, of course, Epico and Primo, taking on the Los Locales, El Local 1, El Local 2, El Local 1, played by Ricardo Rodriguez, uh, El Local 2, played by Tyson, a returning Tyson Kidd, who uh, would eventually return to action. Um, Ricardo Tyson would, of course, not keep it that gimmick. I think he would actually wrestle a few matches against the Matadors uh, for a bit and then he would eventually just come back as Tyson but Ricardo actually kept the lost locale the L locale gimmick and uh, use it in NXT to team up with Kalisto they were the original Lucha Dragons before uh, they released Ricardo and then Sin Cara took over so fun fact there uh, anyways Matadors do the double backdrop thing the ole thing and then double backdrop uh, and when <clears throat> the wife uh, November 6th 2013 Josh and A-Rai back on commentary Y family uh, taking on primetime players for the 30th time in a row. Um, Titus Disc, the, uh, Rowan comes in with the running 
Avalanche Splash. Uh, Harper hits the discus. One, two, three. Goodbye, Titus. Nikki Bella defeats Alicia Fox with the sit-out face buster. And the Usos defeat Hunico and Camacho uh, by hitting the Uso Splash on Hunico for the win. Last time Hunico and Camacho would be on TV. I think they were there the week before on SmackDown, too. Uh, but on main event TV, because then Hunico would wrestle down on NXT, but he would wear long sleeves because at the same time as him um, being Hunico, he was also Sin Cara. He was doing double duty. Uh, They had him wear long sleeves as Hunico, so he couldn't reveal the tattoo on his shoulder, of course, because they didn't want to reveal that Hunico was Sin Cara. Um, Next up, Divas Championship match, November 13th, 2013. Uh, Natalia wins by DQ over AJ Lee, the champion, after Tamina interferes with a superkick. Uh, next up, we get Justin Gabriel take, uh, defeating Tyson Kidd with uh, uh, the Sunset Roll-Up. Uh, and 3MB, the Union Jacks, um, defeating primetime players. Drew hitting the Future Shock DDT and then tagging into Heath, who hits that corkscrew splash thing. Onto um, <clears throat> Darren for the win. November twentieth, twenty thirteen, Miz and Josh back at it. Um, Tamina versus defeats Naomi with a super kick. Del Rio defeats Santino with an armbar, and Fandango defeats Kofi Kingston with a roll up. Hey Ryan, Josh back at it yet again. November twenty seventh, twenty thirteen, Del Rio uh, defeats Ziggler. With an arm bar. This is where Ziggler, or Ziggler starts turning face. Rio starts turning heel. Um, even though when they started their gimmick, it was or they started their feud, it was the other way around. But Rio got more aggressive and hatred, and then he turned on Ricardo and stuff. <clears throat> I think Rio is already heel at this point. Uh, Damian Sandow defeats Santino with the Terminus, and Kofi Kingston defeats Fandango with the Trouble in Paradise. December fourth, twenty thirteen. We're almost done. We got four more shows here, and then we're all done. Gold, uh, Miz and Josh back at it again. Goldust uh, defeats Ryback by DQ because Axel interferes, but Rhodes sends Axel off. <clears throat> um, Usos defeat 3MB with a Uso Splash. God, they face a lot. Um, uh, Damian Sandow defeats R-Truth with Terminus. Um, December 11th, 2013. Um, Curtis Axel defeats Dolph Ziggler with the Axe Cutter. Um, Natalia defeats Alicia Fox with a sharpshooter, and in the main event, R-Truth and Xavier Woods defeat tons of funk. This is where Brodus Clay starts turning heel. Uh, of course, Truth gets a roll-up on Brodus. Or no, he gets a roll-up on Tensei. <clears throat> uh, December 18th, 2013. Alex Riley and Josh Matthews, not knowing that this would be their final time working together, they commentate... <clears throat> Um, Truth and Woods with three MB against three MB. Little Jimmy, our Truth hits it on Heath Slater wins. AJ Lee versus Caitlyn, <clears throat> former best friends. AJ gets a Black Widow, taps Caitlyn out, and in the main event, the final time A Ryan and Josh would ever work together, Miz hits the skull crushing finale on Curtis Axel or Curtis Axel for the win. December twenty fifth, twenty eighteen, the final time Miz and Josh would ever work together, and the final time Josh would appear on WWE TV. And here's the final matches he got to do. And the final matches of 2013 before we finally get to end this. And we'll move on to 2014 in the next episode. Uh, Goldust defeats Jack Swagger with the final cut. 
uh, Natalia and Brie Bella. Oh, and the Bella Twins, sorry. And six-woman action, tag action, against AJ, Oksana, and Tamina. Uh, Brie Bella gets a roll-up on Tamina for the win. And uh, Fandango hits the last drop. The last dance leg drop on Kofi Kingston to end off 2013 of main event. Thank you guys for listening. That was a lot of talking. Sorry about my throat. It's just been acting up all day. I don't know what's going on with it. Um, maybe I'm not drinking enough fluids or something. I don't know. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to episode number three of a careless whisper i've enjoyed making this one i put a lot of work into this one um a lot of effort i sure hope you guys enjoyed um do not forget episode five of a careless whisper we're having on sabrina kyle the queen of horror the cpw champion very excited for that Uh, extremely excited episode four it's gonna be a great episode as well we're gonna have you know we're gonna review 2014 the year of 2014 for main event crazy year and yeah it's gonna be a good time so stay tuned keep your ears open because let me whisper some sweet nothings into your ear and you've been listening to a careless whisper have a great night ladies and gentlemen i'm out